conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. There can be a hundred Andes girls in a room, and sometimes all you need is just the majority of the vote. 34 out of 100 episodes, but I'm always 100%. <laughs> Wait a second. That might be one of the best taglines of all time. That's a goat situation. Do they say goat or G-U-A-T? They say goat. goat. How do they spell it out? Goat. I mean, they say it out. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It is episode 100. Happy anniversary Happy to you. Happy anniversary to you. Um, so excited to be joined by none other than OG of the AG, um, writer, comedian, VH1 senior producer, and co-creator and co-host of the amazing podcast You Might Know Her From. Oh, yeah. Please go um, follow and subscribe to You Might Know Her From um, if you like when I'm a guest on Andy's Girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and while you're doing that, maybe also subscribe and like Andy's Girls. And that'll <laughs> be like a fun two for one <laughs> CVS coupon, Extra Cares. Damien Bellino, how are you? This majestic, historic, phenomenal day. I'm feeling excited. I, I kind of can't believe that it's a hundred episodes. Can you believe I can't believe we got it at like past one. I know. And then I was trying to figure out how many episodes I have been on and I think it was thirty four. So I that's how I came I'm up with my tagline. It's not more. I thought it would have been more actually because I but then I feel like it wasn't always weekly, so <laughs> sorry um there were months where i didn't do it people ask me and i'm like it's weekly ish and like literally there have been months where for physical health or mental health um i, I put it on pause i don't know if i'm allowed to say this on the tell, podcast tell them but ha- happy uh belated birthday? birthday also thank you so much so i bought you a present <laughs> you did. but it didn't Get here. get here in time. Okay, I great. don't know that it's ever coming. So I decided. Is it Jill Zarin like shipping herself to so me? So I decided to just tell okay. you what it was. Are you telling me right now? Yeah. Are you sure you want to tell me? Well, I don't think it's coming. 
<laughs> so I just is it Ramona skincare that's so, allegedly available, but really who? I decided sure? last week that like the thing I needed to do for your birthday was to try to have a housewife like wish you a happy birthday on Cameo and like in, engage <laughs> with that because I decided that was what was necessary, and I was like so excited about it. So I went and I was like trying to find I don't remember like Shannon Bedore. <gasps> And or her dog, and then you, Archie it, the fish. It was like, like a we, long, weird process because, like, some of the housewives used to be like, you know, like twenty dollars, thirty dollars. And now they're. I've never done and cameo, like, but I, I heard like, it's I saw really like expensive. Nene, Nene and like Bethany were there, and it was like one hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like, well, no, that's I love not Sarah, it. but also like I don't like I don't want to give Bethany one hundred fifty dollars to like be annoying. Oh my god, she doesn't need the money. So Why is she on cameo. I found somebody who I who was within my budget. And it was it Kelly Marlo? Ben Simone. <laughs> and I asked her to please wish you happy birthday, but in, in the style of her monologue to Bethany. And like, I wanted her to say like, I'm here. You're there. Wish my friend Sarah happy birthday. I, I said, she has a podcast called Annie's Girl. She's a bro- She knows about it. And so it said like, Oh no, it was this sent- is so awkward for me. It was said that it was said that it was sent. With my comms with Kelly. It, yep. it was said that it was sent to her. Um, but it like said that she like sometimes doesn't respond and she has not responded. Wait, so I think have, it, it like times out after a certain period of time. They have the ability to not respond. I, I'm I not thought sure. It was like I think a binding some, I think some Real pe- Housewife to fan contract. I think that some people are. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some people do them regularly, like Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray, who I um, got for my friend for his birthday. Um, I think I saw that. Yeah, to like, Seth, right? Yeah, and she like turns it. They like turn them around very quickly, and then I think some people sort of like log in whenever. And I got the impression maybe that Beth- Kelly's not super active on it, which is maybe why her rate is not um is not as like. Can you her- rate them? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Like maybe her oh, pr- her, her price. price is not as like high as oh, some of the other Kelly. ladies. So maybe and like I was like, well. Damien, this, this is systematic bullying, what you're doing right now to Kelly Kalorin. I'm not trying to character. bully her. She, um, I don't think she got my money, so. Oh, my God. But I'm sorry that it's. Um, no, that's such a good gift conversation. <laughs> I was imagining you also getting and being excited that I got it and then oh, seeing who it so was. Ex- no, I would have been so excited. <laughs> I hope it still happens and we can play it on AG. That's what we'll do. We'll play oh the audio of it on Andy's Girls if and when it happens. Kelly, if you're listening, which is extremely unlikely, we would love that birthday cameo. Has she ever been a guest on Andy's Girls? We've talked about it. Kelly and I have talked about it. And the interesting thing is, you know, we've had, I have sort of put a pause on housewife interviews because there's so much prep involved for them with them that it's just. I don't know. I, I feel like they're important and they're interesting for people. But I also like just talking to people about shows. Um, the nice thing about having like Kristen Takeman on, for example, is that she actually watches. So mm-hmm. I can talk to her about her experiences on the show, but also the show as it happens, which I love. And, you know, it sort of also depends on where that housewife is in their life, because some of them are open to talking about the show and some of them are really open to talking about the show for a hot second and then talking about whatever. So I do have new in the sense of new interviews of people that have said yes to it that I haven't scheduled because I have like a little bit of a hesitation with it. Cindy Barshop is probably ready. Cindy Barshop has agreed to do the show. I got a a gold bikini wax. She told me to come back for steaming, which I feel is she but she's Ramona great. said that she was the worst housewife of New York ever and I yep. thought and I don't and watch know, what happens this week and I th- she was such a non-presence to me I think that was one of my first seasons of New York that I was watching weekly 
So I like, but I don't remember her. Um, but I feel like she actually maybe has sort of has an interesting story now because she yeah. like her twins are like sort of getting a little older. bit older. I believe one of her twins is trans. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I believe so. I I'm oh, not I don't hun- know that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh my god, that's But so I believe that one of her ch- children is not like non-binary. Um, and she's also a single mom. So like, I mean, I guess these were things that were true then also, but they were little and the thing also with, not everyone's built for the show. The thing with Cindy that I loved is that she really tried to take on Ramona and Sonia. And even if she wasn't necessarily like as strong a personality on TV, I at least appreciated that someone was calling them out like the hangar stuff in Morocco mm. where they were just so obnoxious and like mean girlish, like bullies to her that it was. It was just nice to have that flavor. I mean, I think probably the worst housewife on New York probably doesn't count as a housewife, but was Jen, that party planner, because they were trying to push her hard. Oh, she was like a friend of, right? She was like a friend of, but I was just like, why are you here? You're here to be in the background, but you're adding literally nothing but an occasional like pan to your face. New York doesn't usually have a lot of friends. Of. I mean, obviously, there's a Barbara Kay this season, but typically there haven't been a lot of like, I feel like some um, iterations like Beverly Hills and Atlanta have friends of often. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the other franchises Faye Resnick, don't. Shamia, a bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of people have done it. So question for you. What do you think of Barbara Kay? We haven't spoken about this since. Oh, and what do you think about Barbara Kay? What do you think about this season in general so far? I know, right? Yeah, it's not I great. Know. So far, at least. I mean, I think that I was in... Someone was having a conversation with me recently, or not really with me, but I was like eavesdropping. But they were talking about <laughs> they were talking about housewives, and they were saying that Beverly Hills and New At York like, oh. are, are not successful this season because they're both pretty focused on like one storyline, and viewers are like getting irritated. And I hadn't really thought about that, but I thought I know that people on Twitter are sort of over like Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy. Yeah. I'm not entirely over it, um, but. Because I think the season has like mostly delivered, mm-hmm. um, but I agree that it's like what we need to like there needs to be other conflicts that aren't just Lisa Vanderpump con- like conflicts. Yeah, um, and I think similarly in New York, like, I'm not into the Dorinda Luann stuff because I feel like the tide of what I've been hearing on seeing on Twitter and like hearing people say to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. is like how they're so team like Dorinda and she's so crazy and really gone like off the deep end. And I'm like, cool, but like I'm not team Luann in this scenario either because like she's also not okay. So like to me, this isn't a fun dynamic to watch pull the group apart because it's like two people that I think like have real, like I don't think Luann is correct. And I feel like it's easier in these scenarios to be like, oh, well, yeah, like there's always a gray area, but like it's easier for me to get behind everybody versus Lisa Vanderpump because I think that whether what Dorita did is despicable or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lisa Vanderpump also did a despicable thing and is like denying it and like won't be and won't be held you mm-hmm. know accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think if she was, if she held herself yeah. accountable, Dorit would be buried. Yeah, so much I more. I hundred percent agree. It's such a strange thing. Yeah. To to me, for her to like be digging her heels into, it, which maybe I mean maybe she didn't leak it to radar. I guess we'll see. Like the as stuff, there has to be a reason she stopped filming, which to me s- smells of. Guilt. I think she knew that what was I think what we're going to watch allegedly next week, but a.k.a. the week after, because I think it's going to be a to be continued with that fight. It's going to show five seconds of it and be like next week mm-hmm. Um, is that she understood exact that every single person what they were saying that she, they were saying that she was manipulative and she understood by Kyle bringing it that Kyle was representing these women and that 
Kyle wasn't willing to sacrifice herself yet again at like the altar of LB- LVP. And I think that's why she left. She was like, fuck you. Like, I don't need this. I have another show that's extremely popular. I have all my other shit and I don't need to be involved in this. I don't want to participate in something if I know I'm going to come out the villain, which I actually understand. I don't I don't agree with it as a viewer, but I understand it that she's not interested in in participating in a show I mean, if, she, if the tides are turning against her, whether or not she's guilty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand her like logic, but it doesn't feel fair to the viewers. Totally because doesn't. Because it's not giving us... Um, it's like you sign up for a show about right. your life. And so no, like Taylor didn't want to talk about her abusive relationship on camera that you made happen. You, like, you know, Kim Richards and Kyle don't want to have to relive over mm-hmm. and over again like their stuff. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. So I just think this idea that Lisa is allowed to like check out because she's like, I'm above having to face the consequences. It doesn't feel like everybody, every season, a different person or several people are like sort of the center of the, whether it's drama or whether it's like their personal life, like their marriage or whatever coming to the head. And I think that whenever somebody pieces out in the middle or like refuses to talk about a certain thing, it feels unfair because like you shouldn't be on the show. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how the season ends. Like, if is she literally not going to be in any of it? Or is she going to only film with Denise? Or is she just going to, like, is she going to show up to the reunion? Is she going to film the re- reunion remotely? Like, what is in her contract? Like, she probably has certain things she needs to do in her contract to fulfill with it. the network. Yeah. And, and, like, that involves L, um, Vanderpump Rules. So, like, whether she's, like, I'm over it, like, she might have to show up to the reunion in order to, like, get another season of Vanderpump or something, you know? I would love if they threatened her with that, but I don't think that they will. I think that Bravo's actually, honestly, sort of in a weird, almost, like, beta position and LVP's more alpha, and I don't think that that's right, but I also feel like... Do you... But why do you think that? Because I just think she's such a big personality for them, and I think there's probably some going to be some sort of conversation about her saying, listen why would I participate in the finale of something if I know absolutely that everyone is gunning against me and I feel like my reputation has been tarnished like how I I think you're overestimating like a network yeah I mean I think she's a thirsty person who wants to be on television for her businesses and yes she's rich but like that doesn't make her her lack of wanting to be relevant for her spinoff and all of those things but they're not they're not going to threaten to cancel pump rules if she's going to not attend the reunion they're going to do what they did with adrian which is if you don't attend the reunion you're no longer a housewife lbp's fine as of right now with no longer being a housewife i think it's more complicated because she has a spinoff like i don't think that they're going to like they're not going to reward bad behavior by being like yeah break your contract you won't be a housewife but here's your spinoff where you get to or you're an ep you know i mean sources have told me that we're getting out of lucy lucy and there is some other major conflict that happens i'm assuming camille Right? Camille's my sword. Oh, no, no. no Camille's. Yeah. I think I'm she's assuming like the it's center Camille of the other. and Dorit. Or it starts with Camille and something and it ends with Camille and Dorit. I'm assuming that's what it is that's happening. I just feel like, you know, as you said, a lot of people are super over Lucy Lucy. I love it because I love, I, I've said this a thousand and a half times, that it's not about the um, crime, it's about the cover up. Mm-hmm. So, I, that's why I love this whole dog bullshit. I mean, I love Dorit going on her Insta stories and like posting photos of Lucy Lucy in like happier times and showing like it wasn't locked in a basement. Like, I want to know more about what Teddy says she was told. Like, Teddy says she was told the story because LVP was trying to get in touch with Dorit and they needed to like contact Teddy or something. Teddy was told that L- Dorit was essentially almost abusing the dog and keeping it locked in a basement. Like, there were reasons, and also Teddy hated Dorit at that time and was totally happy to mm-hmm. see the downfall of Dorit which is why she was happy to participate in the like unveiling of this story 
when they were filming at Vanderbump Dogs. So I find that really engaging. And I feel like I really want to see like a formal sit down between these women talking about this and talking about more of the details and having it not be what Bethany and Carol did at the reunion, which is what a lot of women do, which I think is a huge mistake where you bring printed pieces of paper and then it becomes about you shifting amongst the paper so you can catch someone in one lie so it makes them look like a big fucking liar and that was why I was so disappointed with the New York reunion last year because it was much ado about nothing friend of the podcast Brian Moylan has once said I think in one of his recaps or maybe it was on Twitter how like bringing printouts of of, of text messages is like not captivating television and like when Bethany was like, ha, I got it. And it was no. like, a, it was like a bumble message or something. Right. Or, it was so stupid. And Andy was like, well, sh- this is what the-. And I was on un- Matt. That was one of those times where I thought Andy was like, for sure, siding with a housewife. And then it was yeah. very irritating because I was like, listen, you can like screenshot shit and then like Photoshop it and save it in your camera roll. You can, et- you can delete iMessages. We know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can, mm-hmm. I don't know, have an Android, but you could probably do that too. So like all of that stuff is like, it doesn't matter. Like I don't, if it lets it's on camera, it becomes a lot less interesting, you know? Yeah. I thought that the, this week, all three shows were engaging to me, not because they were the best episodes, even of this season for each of these mm. franchises, minus Atlanta. That was a pretty good episode. You know, like Atlanta had a, a strong episode. New York, I didn't think it was strong except for the last 10 minutes. Beverly Hills, I, I enjoyed it because I love Denise Richards, but it was nowhere near the strongest episode of the season so far, except for the last 45 seconds or last two minutes. What happened at the end? Radar Online. And oh, the right. scene for next week. It was so strange the way I was trying to figure out, you know, it's like I always want to know about the behind the scenes of like production. And I was. Oh, trying, that was the most staged thing and I've I, ever seen in my entire life. And I life. was like, it would, have most been, it would have been a lot cooler if like they she actually discovered the story while she was filming. Like that would have been a much. Yeah. Her reaction would have been much more devastating. Right. Of like, oh, no, this is going to be a storyline now in a right. way that I'm not going to be able to recover from. No, and it was super staged, and it, they told Dorit not to wear makeup, so it looked really organic, so she made that huge, yeah, enormous sacrifice. Yeah, it was really disappointing to me. There were a couple moments in both, both uh, a few of the franchises this week where I was like, this feels so staged and canned that it made me kind of annoyed, um, but I felt like this week it was all about, sort of about the downfall of an OG. Like Atlanta, it was the beginning of the downfall of Nini, where you're seeing the scenes for next week and all this stuff with Kenya. Beverly Hills, it's a continuation of allegedly the downfall of LVP. And on New York, it's less less real, but it's like Dorinda trying to assist with the continued maybe downfall of Luann when mm. there were the flashbacks to her showing Sonia or whatever the 18 page or whatever I thought lawsuit. The, I thought Dorinda's emotion in her scene with Barbara Kay was real and I feel like she was like please stop bringing this up like this person I defended this person when like everyone was against her and like I was at that stupid merit wedding mm-hmm. and like I supported her through all of that like I don't want to have this conversation anymore I felt like her emotion was real. like I didn't feel like she was acting and that's like and the people I was watching it with which was my roommate Seth was like <laughs> she's crazy and I kind of like I didn't I didn't really engage with that like I don't think that Dorinda is correct I just also think like I also think that like Luann it's a mess like the scenario is a mess and like the idea that we're like now suddenly like saying that like Luann is correct like yes Dorinda won't Take responsibility. take responsibility for like the Giovanni thing or any of her behavior when she's intoxicated really. But I also think that it's a weird thing to position these two women who are both like crumbling against one another because Luann is also a mess. I totally agree with you with two um, addendums. 
One is Dorinda absolutely is coming from a real place emotionally, but she also seems to be saying that she deserves to get like brownie points as a friend because she Mm. did all of these things. So she shouldn't have to do this as well. And that's not friendship. Like friendship is you're being there in the high moments and then helping dig someone out of the shit that they are in and not, you know, a, a thank you is great. Like, I think that person should say thank you. I don't know if Luann has ever done that and that might, um, add on to this but you don't get a reward or a medal for being a great person and I also think the problem with this whole Giovanni conversation is that we're pretending there's a choice between um Dorinda heckling her and not heckling her and I think what we need to do is say Dorinda heckled Luann it's not up for discussion the question is was there an intent that was animosity driven or jealousy driven or whatever or was she just doing it because she genuinely wanted to I don't know credit Giovanni or be spirited or be entertaining in the middle of a cabaret now I would say the former is accurate but I'm I would be totally happy to have a conversation about the latter but I don't think we can honestly genuinely say that we can ask Dorinda or anybody else if Dorinda was heckling because that is in fact, technically and quite literally what she was doing. I wondered also, like, was it a sort of thing where she was like, like you said, like trying to like. Be funny. Be funny or credit Giovanni or right. like being spirited and trying to be like that. She's wearing Giovanni. She's wearing Giovanni. Yeah. And like the way it was edited made it seem because but she hasn't argued that case. She right. sort of denied it all, which makes me feel like, oh, yeah, it feels like it's a, like a nutcracker squared situation where it's all about the credit and for on. From Dorinda's point of view, introducing someone to a vendor like that who's essentially outfitting, I think, all of Luann's outfits at this point for what has become a genuine multi-city, essentially national tour is a very big deal. It would be really lovely if Luann, and maybe that's what Luann was going to do because she was like doing a lead up into and here are my outfits. Um, And we've seen the show. I don't think that she credited Dorinda, but we all, didn't we all know at that point? I forget when this whole thing happened, when we saw it. I don't remember. But if Luann said on stage, many thanks to my pal Dorinda for introducing me to Giovanni, Giovanni, that would be fantastic. And, And that is something where I would be upset if I helped someone with that and they didn't give me credit, but also you should be doing someone a favor, not so that they can credit you from on stage because I know, but we're all people and I would, I would be exact. I would be hurt like Dorinda, but I would not interrupt a live performance that was being recorded for a TV show and then deny that the actual recording that's been shown to millions didn't happen. But I think that like Dorinda heckling Luann feels to me, petty in relation to what I think I imagine Dorinda's issue is, which is like, I stood by you when all of these other people turned against you and then you hit rock bottom and we weren't on the outs. But now you're like trying to bury me with this piece of information for a plot line on our show, opposed to like letting it be over. And I think that she's taking issue with Barbara Kay because whether or not Barbara Kay and Bethany, which I imagine their intervention and all of that stuff that happened off camera was legit and Super real. And Anne too. But yeah. also like Barbara Kay used this as an opportunity to get on the show that she's wanted to be on. So like I f- can't help but think that like that's part of Dorinda's thing is like st- I, stop. Like I was a real friend to Lu- like Luann. I don't need you here with your fucking like hammer and toolkit to continue to try to bury me because <laughs> I was, it we were we were real friends and now like we're not but now it's like the storyline is us against each other. I totally hear you and I appreciate it. I just also think Dorinda wants to walk away from this and start fresh 
And the reality is, but that is what Luann wants to do. Luann, Luann wants, is not Lu- right. Luann is not right to just to just to just to not. Um, Luann, Luann's logic is literally like, I'm famous now for being a cabaret star, and I don't have a problem. She's not right. That's why Bethany, I'm sure, will bury her on whatever vacation they're on, which comes up in the um, season trailer. Neither of these women are right. I just think that Dorinda Luann's. It's like I'm used to at this point, mm-hmm. which is so unfair. And Dorinda's, she adds on to it by saying like, and how dare you say I have a drinking problem? I've never had a drinking problem. I've only gotten sloppy drunk mess once. And it's like, sweetie, we have the recording. She said like once in 13 years or something completely insane. And Dorinda gets so freaked out by this because she is very, very afraid of the conversation around her having any sort of issue, be it anger or alcohol abuse or whatever. So she gets angry because this whole thing triggers her. She also feels like, why should I apologize to you if you, in my opinion, suggested on camera that I have a problem? And it's not, it might, turning, it could be alcohol, it could be rage, it could be whatever. But for Dorinda, it's like, how fucking dare you? Because have you owned up for that? And I, I hear Dorinda's side on that, but I also think like, you're denying the reality too much for me to side with you in this. And for Luann, it's like, I'm used to Luann being completely like just on another planet like Mm. her doing the whole weird face to Bethany when Bethany's bringing up um uh Megan and Harry as an example of like here's a a couple that you think are like seemingly perfect and they have issues I had no problem with her saying that and Luann being like why are you talking about British royalty aka I'm a countess like don't was a little much for me like Luann gets into those modes Luann seeing Dorinda's hair and pink lipstick and being like how nice sweetie when she means like you look look Mm -hmm. fucking tragic wait why was it a mob lunch because it wasn't it was like some dumb shit that bethany's like a mobster lunch because they're i think they're like like going and like fucking dealing with it and putting all the shit on the table Uh. i think so she was thinking it was like gangster style and barbara k showed up in something i a thousand percent wore in junior high Wait, so this all started, you asked me what I think of Barbara Kay. Yeah, we need to circle back. I think that Barbara Kay, I don't dislike her. Mm -hmm. I think that she's a little desperate at times, like the way she has asserted herself into everything. Mm -hmm. But I also think that like, I don't think that she's a dumb person and I don't think that she's not uh, valuable to the show at this point. She's really the only, she's one of the few people that's actually like making something happen. Okay, here's a question for you. Who do you think is being a little bit more fake and stagey? right now in the show do you think Barbara Kay is or do you think this whole Tinsley thing is the Tinsley of like Scott blah 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 mom what are you talking about oh my god mom is showing the shoes that my ex-husband wife designs yeah I agree I don't even I forgot she was on the show I was literally had to think about what the thing was Tinsley is interesting to me because she be she was one of the first celebrity socialites Mm -hmm. right and she became famous from photographs it wasn't necessarily video of her or interviews and now she's trying to reclaim an element of that fame or a celebrity in general and she's on video and it didn't work out for her in high society because it was so deeply staged and terrible and tragic and her whole reality show was on YouTube when I watched it in full. I think it's probably still there because who would be like what copyright infringement? High Society, where um. it's like fake socialites and Tinsley. And it was so terribly, terribly staged. And I think of it sometimes like fake staging reality show PTSD when I see these scenes with her mother where I know 
Tinsley and her, because Dale is also in high society and is super staged and phony in that as well. And I love Dale and I love a lot of elements of Tinsley when she gets into the waspy mode and she's like, you know, telling Luann she doesn't live in Palm Beach. She lives in West Palm and all that. Like, I think that's real and shitty and I love like in a great way. But then some of this other stuff, like the shoe moment where her mom's like, I'm wearing Tabitha Simmons and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like it was so phony to me and I wonder if that's what she thinks being on this show is and maybe that's sort of what the show is a little at this point I don't think it was at the beginning but I think that sometimes they do things for camera like Sonia's dress falling off so shockingly and surprisingly at the cabaret she a thousand percent staged that like there are things that the the makeout with that woman. I mean, I don't know that that was staged. I think that was a real weird moment. It could have been a real weird moment. It could have been that woman being like, I would love to be on camera well, right yeah. now. I mean, for sure that, but I don't think that like Sonia staged it. I think that woman wanted to be on television and thought it would be funny to make out with Sonia yeah, and see if it point. happened. That's a good point. But when I look at Barbara, I'm like, Barbara might be extra in some of this. I thought I was going to dislike Barbara a lot more than I do. I don't dislike her in the way that I thought it was going to, but I just wonder what is more manufactured. I think that the show is just by nature of like television trying to streamline making it work for like a production schedule and trying to like make sure that they're on time. The shows have just by nature have become more staged because they need to make sure that like certain scenes are filmed to set up the plot and things. So Tinsley's interesting because I think that there's a difference between like, hey, uh, Dorit, this thing happened and we need to get you on camera saying it because we weren't filming on that Sunday and that's when it came out. So we need to set you up reacting yeah that's different than I think like Tinsley being then being like Tinsley it's off season and we're gonna start filming in April what do you have going on and her being like I'm freezing my eggs and me and Scott are close to getting married Mm. and my mom is really close with like Topper's new wife and then like making that stuff happen because she's like creating I think like when when a person starts to stage their like personal life it starts to be hard because like if their personal plot line is all stuff that's like not real or stuff that we think they're only doing because they're on camera. And I think everybody has done it to some extent at some point, whether it's like a business we never saw or a company we never saw, or it's like an event that is like for a charity that's not real or like making a PSA that we never saw mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or dating somebody that's like not real. I think everybody <laughs> has been guilty of it to some level. Um, but I think, yeah, like I kind of forgot. Like Tinsley doesn't feel ingrained in the group. And also like her mom should be on the show. Like she shouldn't be. Her mom is the person we, I want to see because her mom is of the age of the women and also like... Ooh. She is. Kind of. Maybe. Mm. She's like the same age as Ramona, right? No, Ramona's in her like, I think, early 60s-ish. And Dale is, I would say, somewhere in the 70s, I would say, okay. maybe. There's a little bit of, but she gets, she and Ramona are probably similar women lifestyle, not personalities. I mean, but like and lifestyle. allegedly she is friends with Sonia, right? And that's why Tinsley right. and Sonia were. Yeah, and I believe that. Um, But... Yeah, I wonder what the season will look like for Tinsley. And if we'll, I kind of thought I'm kind of waiting, I've been waiting for her to be fired for three seasons, but I feel like they like like something that she represents. Yeah, I like something that she represents. But I like I, her being on. But I think that, I think beyond Bethany, she's like the most grounded in reality yeah. on New York. So mm-hmm. I feel like Bethany is probably going to become, they're probably going to become friends at some point this season because Carol's gone now. Um, I thought Bethany had a fantastic episode. I was into her the entire time, which is a real step forward in our imaginary best friendship. Yeah, I think that she's taking whatever feedback they're getting from listeners research. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. From from viewers. Yeah. Like she's obviously like either producers are like unique. I mean, also her boyfriend, her partner died. So like yeah. it's a real thing that's really happening. It's but I, that hasn't worked to everyone's advantage because to pivot to Atlanta, um, 
like I really feel for Nini and I think the stuff that has happening with her is like really real and it has been some of the best moments of the show this season um, because the show has been when it's all the women together it has generally been boring mm-hmm. but now we're sort of seeing those two worlds collide which is like Nini's mental health but then also her managing like her job quote unquote as a housewife yeah isn't really working out and like mm-hmm. she's be whether she's behaving a certain way because of her personal life or what I don't know but I'm like gosh what is she doing and why is she always on Instagram and like I don't want to f- I don't want to like vilify her because she's going through a lot with like her relationship with her husband and he's sick but also like that doesn't also doesn't excuse her behavior and like why are you on social media arguing with him and why are you arguing with these other people and why are you fat shaming a pregnant woman oh or my woman? god it and, was like, so bad it was awful and also like the Kenya awful. stuff is so hard like I I thought the last episode when all the stuff came out about Eva was like great television yeah I thought it was a little bit questionable when Nini talked to Eva with her microphone on I thought that was horrific and if Nini's gonna play the role of you guys are bad friends because um Kenya shows up at a party if I was Eva I would be like are you kidding like someone was invited or showed up or whatever you secretly recorded me talking about my an abusive relationship yeah. with someone that I have a restraining order against yeah and and Eva specifically told her no microphones like she was explicitly yeah. said no cameras no microphones and then Nini explicitly said oh she told me no camera no microphones and then went against it like that's awful yeah so but I, i'm so appreciative yeah like i'm glad we got to hear what happened but i also think that it's horrible she has no argument now with kenya i don't think and the kenya thing is interesting because like i don't know what the off-camera drama is i don't really understand because i thought it was just that like i thought that they were fine and then i don't remember like it evolved from like being fine to like now then like nini saying that she was trying to create drama right like, she i think she talked i think when Kenya wasn't asked back because of contract negotiations or whatever, Kenya was doing that whole thing or stories were leaked from sources, maybe the same sources that are leaking stories about Lucy Lucy, um, magical sources um, that Kenya was going to get a reality show with E and that other things were happening and how Atlanta would miss out and how ratings are down and whatever. And Nini takes that as people challenging her role as the queen bee and certainly she doesn't want anyone to say that the show that she is currently starring in is doing anything less than like a plus plus work with a plus plus ratings and I think Nini has a built-in paranoia complex where she gets very nervous that someone is going to take come in and compete with her and I think that makes her combative plus all the Greg stress Plus the fact that sort of similar to LVP and Dorinda, Nini's not great at taking responsibility and apologizing. And she usually, it becomes like, like what I thought Dorinda was doing this week was like sort of gaslighting the Lou thing by being like, Lou needs to see a therapist if she's still so focused on this when what Lou is saying repeatedly is she wants an apology. Like, mm-hmm. I think Lou, everyone should see a therapist, but I don't think like that's the reason. And I think with Nini, Nini just gets into a place where she turns stuff like she behaves poorly but then god forbid someone does something that she doesn't agree with and she takes it as like headline news they are her arch enemy nemesis forever which is what she does I guess next week with Cynthia like it just doesn't add up and it ends up like completely working against her when let's say Cynthia takes responsibility for Kenya being there and not telling her in advance, but then Eva can just like double down and say, 
are you kidding? Like you're talking about someone getting invited to a party and being upset at that for unforeseen reasons, which is exactly what you're saying. And then on top of that, I told you explicitly not to reveal details of a dangerous situation and you went ahead and did it like purposely to make sure it was recorded for a TV show for it to be seen nationally, mm-hmm. including by this guy. Like that's not true. I don't see how she wins in this, but I don't think she's focused on winning. I think it's very interesting. Um, the way the coming attractions for this finale look were very reminiscent of the way the finale looked, I think two or three seasons ago when Kim Zolciak came into <gasps> Kenya's party. It was almost like the same, like Kenya Kenya's walking party. in, Kenya, I'm sorry, Sheree had a party that Ken, um, that Kim came to, and then her and Kenya got into an argument. Okay, got it. The Chateau, Chateau like... Sheree. The Sheree, like... Um, Extravaganza. Whatever, housewarming party. Yeah. And then Kim showed up, and then her and Kenya got into it. I felt like it was very reminiscent the way, like, Kenya walked in and, like, smiling, mm. and then everyone was like, oh, no, look who's here. Do you think that Kenya is going to come back next season. I pray to God. And I think that they thought the producers or production or whoever thought that they were going to be totally fine. Cause they had Shamia coming, not Shamia. They had, um, uh, Shamari coming in and I get their names. Shamari, up. Shamari and Eva Tanya and Tanya and Eva and Marlo. They had a lot and of Marlo. They had a lot of people in the mix this time. Marlo deserves to be in a better position. I hope that end of the story. I hope Kenya comes back. I mean, do you, I, th- I hope that it happens. I don't know that it will. I don't know what she's asking for, but I also feel like if Kenya was thinking she was going to be, be sort of similar to Nini, Kenya leaves the show for whatever reason. It's like, I'm a big star. I'm going to do whatever. And it doesn't pan out. You want to come back. I think that, well, I think two things. I would love Marlo and I think she's so funny and like she does. Like, I think that just like people who need the checks, need the exposure, need mm-hmm. the fame, want the like full-time status, they always are working harder. And I thought that, Marlo is like delivering in that way but I think that as we've said in the past and I think that Shamari has like a good dig in the trailer for the reunion which is like talk to me about um shopping and like escorting or something oh okay and then and I think like that are like not that we necessarily care about what everybody's like solo storyline is or like quote-unquote what they have going on in their life but I think a little bit of that is hard for Marlo. Like, what? Is, like, how are you a housewife? Like, who is your man? And who, do you have children? And like, what is your house? And what is your job? And again, I don't think we all care. And I don't know that that stuff is. Oh, I care. Deep. I but, find it interesting. But I think like, she yeah, doesn't talk about like, it. Like when it's her inviting the women to her house, what are we going to see? You know. And I think that Shamari's dig was sort of like, we know why you can't have a peach. And I don't. And I think that that's been the conversation all along with Mar- Marlo. But like, maybe I think that. This season, they were like, we need her. We need her because no one else is pushing stuff. Like, right. Nini is in a dark place. Like, Candy and Cynthia are, like, being boring. Portia's got a lot going for us, but, like, she's the only one. Right. So that's the point of Marlo. Um, the stuff about Kenya, though, and leaving, I think a lot of it also was rooted in her husband doesn't want to be involved yeah, with the show. That's he doesn't totally want the rela- their relationship to implode because right. of, like, a, of a show, which, like, I mean, Todd and Candy are sort of the exception, right? Like, Mar- um, Cynthia got married and divorced on the camera. Mm-hmm. Nini got do- divorced, Remarried married again, and now, and now it's like going through something yeah. with her husband. Portia got divorced mm-hmm. and now just got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there, obviously there's something to to that. Like, of course there certain, is. Certain casts obviously have women that are all married and have stayed married, mm-hmm. but obviously a lot have fallen apart and so yeah that list is winnowing by the day of people that are married and have mm-hmm. stayed married mm-hmm. yeah jersey is one of the few shows that like mostly everybody's a white i mean everyone is a wife no except dolores currently yeah maybe Teresa. i mean we're waiting to hear about joe yeah yeah i don't know i mean 
it was this week was really interesting for me. You texted me, I think, this week and was like, you were like, watch Atlanta or something, or like Atlanta's really good. Yeah, it was like the Eva stuff then partnered with seeing Kenny at the end made me happy. I totally agree with you. I think the Eva stuff is so interesting because we'll get into scammers because you guys, 100th episode, the Andy Awards coming up in just a minute. But um, the scammer element is something that I find so fascinating. And Eva. I guess knowing that the streets were talking, fueling her conversation with Candy, like knowing like this is why I'm moving and blah, blah, blah. Or maybe just trying to, you know, reframe the narrative. That whole conversation about her needing to rent a bunch of houses because of her ex. But then Marlo's point about like, then don't check in on Instagram wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I was like, Marlo's right. I felt like. I feel for Eva, and I know her ex put out some statement after this that I half read. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was so dumb. It he's was, like, a loose cannon. Like, he he's seems, actually... He seems insane. You don't get a, a restraining order against several people in your family if that person isn't, like, completely awful. But I just also think, yeah, there's. it's weird that, like, all the bridesmaids maybe hate her now, mm. and maybe she didn't pay for stuff. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It makes me feel like, something's up there there's a grain of truth there how do why do you think that people here's a question for you who do you think the first housewife was who tried to scam and when i say scam like maybe tried to like make their life look a certain way on camera and then was sort of called out and exposed who would you think was the first and why do you think that people continue to try to do things where they like live beyond their means or dress a certain way and then we find out like they're claiming bankruptcy or their house is in um, foreclosure or whatever excellent question I'm going to take the second part of it first they do it to get on the show because they want to be famous it'll help their burgeoning business they make it look better they can monetize it they see the celebrity element the fame it can only I, I can technically say even though I'm sort of lying when I say this it can only help them in a certain way to become famous because it will help whatever dumb business they have I think you know because they're they're looking for fame in a certain way they're not going to get it they're not going to get on the show if they don't um represent wealth or some kind of rich money be it old new or in the middle and ideally if you have a family or a married or divorced at this point I think it used to matter a lot more that you were married and ideally married with kids now it's like whatever have you fucked anyone recently terrific mazel the first I mean I don't know how much you're going to love this, but the first name, there are two names that come to mind. One is Gina Keogh, who started the show talking about how she had four houses, one for each kid or three houses or whatever, and all the cars and whatever. And as we saw when the bubble burst, it was all make believe. She did have these homes, but she didn't have the actual, I don't know how um, people that own homes talk. So I'm going to use the word equity, but I don't think mm-hmm. that's real. I don't know. Um, like that they don't like, welcome to New York. We all run and like, don't know what the fuck everybody else is doing but like good for you for being adults we don't mm-hmm. you know we're like 10 years behind I feel like um <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone about that like people are like getting having kids and whatever the friends of mine that have moved out of New York I'm like well, how do you guys have the time um but I feel like Gina is that perfect representation of I made it seem like I had gobs of money and then a lot of it went away I don't know how she's doing now but my guess is that it's nowhere near as well as how she was representing that she was doing and then the obvious one is I don't remember 
how far into it DC happened because I've tried to block it out of my mind like a trauma. But Mikhail and Tarek quite literally filmed their audition video in someone else's house and were pointing to photos of another family and being like, these are our good friends. Like they filmed in someone else's house and for whatever reason weren't caught, which is astounding to me. I mean, that would be my second biggest. I'm trying to think anybody else in OC. Is this an, is this an award now that I'm? Yeah, biggest... we have a scammer award. Okay, great. Well, I can't wait to get back to it because I think that, I mean, I think it is, I think of so many different people who I think are living beyond their means but have not been caught yet. Or like it's all relative to like, there's always like some explanation. Who do you think is the earliest scammer? The earliest? The mm-hmm. dinosaur. Um, I don't know. I think most of the original New York ladies like, were what they were. Yeah, and they think, were. Except, and Bethany was was Bethany, open. With I think being Bethany like and Alex owned that they were different. Oh, Alex! No, Alex didn't own that. Al, that's a good point. Alex and Simon would go on those dumb vacations off season to St. Bart's when nobody else was there, and they'd go to the Hamptons and live in a shitty little house that they spent a ton of money on, and they pretended that they had a lot of money and they didn't. Like going to the really? opera specifically to be seen for the um, press line, and then not getting there in time and being like, "Well, it's okay." Like heartbroken people, like wearing going to um why do I remember these things like going to blue and cream and spending thousands and thousands of dollars and none of it made sense like I absolutely think that yeah that's a great example because they were early on absolutely I think they were doing light grifting I think they were doing um socialite-esque grifting Mm. where it's not like they're not paying their bills they're just trying to present that they are members of society which one of her taglines was like it doesn't matter blah 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 but it they actually were fervently obsessed yeah I guess I'm I was less of like an obsessive fan then and I feel like when I think of her I think of somebody who like wanted that lifestyle but also like lived in Brooklyn and like knew yeah she was more real later on at the beginning she was like hot and bothered um, but yeah, that's, I don't know who else would I, I mean, I think that I oldest Lynn and Frank, but that that's not that old Lynn and Frank Curtin. I know. I feel like a lot of mine are recent curtain cuffs. Well, I think we'll get to that, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah, yeah, great yeah. pivot because you guys, so this is the ghost of Sarah talking PS because I decided, um, thanks to essentially AG creative consultant, James LaRosa, we were talking about things to do for app 100 and the suggestion was made to do, um, an awards show and I thought it was great and I still do. And I reached out to the listeners on social media, essentially most of my social media is on Instagram, especially Insta stories. And I said, you guys choose categories. And um, we'll, you know, come together with some uh, uh, nominees and then y'all will vote and I'll have a panel and it'll be Dancing with the Star style where the listeners have their number one pick. The panel of expert AG co-hosts have their number one pick. Um, Damien and I help with any tiebreakers and there we go. And I was thinking we would have like 10 categories, call it a day, but I got overwhelmed with the number (laughs) of excellent categories. Like I had ideas of stuff that I thought would be funny. And then the listeners gave me so many good things that I was like, cool. So we have a tight 25 categories that we're going to try to get to. Um, so I just want to say first off that much like Jill Zarin, I run with the fabulous circle of people. So I want to give a shout out to some of the, um, creators. I hope I got uh, most of your names. So I'm just going to breeze through the fabulous circle of people and introduce our panel. Um, Vicky Oodle 15, uh, Coffee, Jess Koch, Pablo 942, several zeros. Um, 
F-T-Y-K-C-F-G. Does that stand for something, F-T-Y-K? There's an underscore there, C-F-G-N-N-C-C. A Kalina Ray, um, Simply Zish, real underscore fan underscore of underscore bravo. Um, that's This podcast is a perfect fit for you. Taylor Findle Hawkins. Hazir Ryan, literally not. There needs to be an award for someone that can get one of the pronunciations of your handles, right? Because I'm fucking this up. Courtney Ann, Daryl Alexander Smith, Sophia um, Evastina, Allison NP929, Cheryl Pearl, B Norris83, other people, um, Nerd Nuts. <laughs> It's a great name. Guys, thank you to all of you. Um, those are some of the folks who created some of the categories that we're going to dive into um, here on the Andy Awards, which I am so excited to get started with none other than the OG of the AG because it's going to be such a wonderful experience. <laughs> I'm so sorry I had to pay. <laughs> You did a great job covering. Thank you so much. I was like, in one moment, he's going to hear. Um, so thanks to all of you. And also our amazing panel of expert judges, myself, Damien, obviously your top two, James LaRosa, Allison Leiby, Mariah Smith, Ryan Houlihan, Lewis Peitzman. Thank you. I created the, maybe I'll show it as an Insta story after the most insane color coded spreadsheet, which is sidebar. One of my favorite things to do because I am a nightmare. And, um, so I think we should just dive right in. So it was dancing with the star style, got the top pick from the listeners, top pick from the panel and, um, combine the two. And I have to say, luckily with many of these categories, it was, um, the exact same choice and morality police beep 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 um I disagreed with many of these picks <laughs> so we are going to get into it Damien are you ready to start with the very first category? yeah I'm so excited I'm nervous do you want to pull it up I'm like looking at it here no I have oh, it on my phone it. okay great this is the joy of a spreadsheet guys when in doubt google sheet okay very first category best tagline um, and the nominees are when life gives you gives you lemons, put nine in a bowl. Shanna Bador. When people tell me I'm fake, I know they're just pulling my leg. Aviva Drescher. There's nothing gray about my gardens. Sonia Morgan. Oh, people call me over the top, but lately I prefer being a bottom. Also, Sonia Morgan. The word on the street is that I'm the word on the street. Giselle Bryant. I don't keep up with the Jordan. I'm sorry. I don't keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> the Michael I, Jordan. I am the Joneses. Nene Leaks. Lanethia Leaks. So guys, we um, actually had a tie. Damien, do you want to do the honor of telling us what the tie, the winner, but the drum roll of best tagline is? There's nothing gray about my gardens. Sonia, Sonia Morgan. Morgan. Tied with? People... Wait, I can't see. Call me over the top, but lately I prefer being a bottom. Sonia Morgan. Congrats to Sonia. <laughs> Congrats to Sonia. Um, what was your vote? You did a write-in. <laughs> I wrote, I'm an, I, I did um, Ramona, I'm an acquired taste. If you don't like me, acquire some taste. Which is a phenomenal tagline. I mean, the thing is like finding. Yours was. Um, when life gives you lemons, put nine in a bowl. Because I just honestly, aside from my love of Shanna Bador, think that is so funny every time I hear it I just laugh except apparently for right now like I just think it's so 
funny. But I'm okay with the Sonia stuff. I mean, all of Sonia's taglines throughout American history since she has started on New York have been pretty good. I mean, the best thing that Aviva ever did was that tagline. That's like her best work. Mm. And that was before she threw the leg, right? So it was, was it that season? It might have been the season that was the season that she threw it the like. I don't I know. forget. I mean, who remembers anything that happened with Aviva Drescher? But um, you know, these were all top-notch taglines, and I am totally okay with the winner being Sexy J herself, Sonia Tremont Morgan of the very established um Upper New York, Albany, or wherever the fuck she's from. Sonia uh, could not be months. here to accept this award, so we accept it on her <laughs> behalf. We totally do. Um, okay, we are going to move on to the next category, which is the Skinny Girl Lunch Meat Medallion, the worst housewife product. And the nominees are the Skinny Girl Lunch Meat and Baby Lotion. <laughs> Uh, skinny girl baby lotion for your you know overweight child who you want to start body shaming as quickly as possible bethany frankel the next nominee um alexis couture (laughs) which is magic next nominee cuffs by lynn curtain lynn curtain cuffs um the next uh, nominee is cream cheese stuffed salmon by shannon bedore The next nominee, none other than Gretchen Christine Butte by none other than, than expectant mother, Gretchen Rossi. The next nominee is non-existent toaster, Sonia Morgan. Which, by the way, I think would be not necessarily skinny girl excellence, but very, very successful for her if she ever actually produced it. But it never happened because she wanted to focus on her Nigerian football team and assorted other then fake clothing lines. Next nominee, Vicky's Vodka, Vicky Gumbelson, which sidebar I would put right up there with Wines by Wives. Next nominee. Wait, Wines by Wives is? Was Vicky and Tamara, except that they hated each other while they were creating it. So it shockingly went nowhere. Next nominee, Damien Bellino. Uh, fashions with no fashions. Fashion show with no fashions. <laughs> Sheree Shere- Whitfield. Spring, fall, you guys. And the last nominee, Blackwater, BLK, by the Manzos. I thought it was really by Jacqueline Larita. It was really by, I think, somebody else. And then Chris Larita tagged on it. And then the brothers were like, sure, why not? We're entrepreneurs because... One of them didn't want to continue law school and the other one was just there. P.S. Chris Manzo, if you are single, can you please slide into my DMs? I had a crush on Chris. Chris. Chris, Not Chris Larita. Chris Manzo. Am I saying his name right? Albie's brother? Yeah, I just I'm Alb here for Albie. He is. No, I feel like Albie is. I, I don't know. I don't think I am Albie's type judging by the women he's dated and I think Chris and I could really like make magic happen so guys if anybody has a tie to Chris Manzo and he's single um, set it up set it up make out AG love connection okay so um, I think Caroline would be really into you also if like yeah I don't like Teresa um what else has happened I I like soap she's into soap I'm I'm team soap I think (laughs) I shower all the time um okay Damien Bellino who was the winner of skinny girl lunch meat medallion the worst housewife product it was your in-laws Blackwater (gasps) by the Manzos which I thought was fascinating essentially the panel we were all over the place we were all over the place i'm not going to say who voted for what but i think you and i can share our votes i said cream cheese stuffed salmon because i have a thing with food where um the idea of the smell and texture and taste Mm. of that makes my soul gag so i just can't be anywhere near it any kind of microwave food 
it just smells to me. I, I get physically ill. So the idea of cream cheese stuffed salmon that's frozen and is sent to you and you reheat or not because it's cream cheese is maybe one of the worst things I've ever heard of. Um, but I love you, Shannon, so much. My vote was for Skinny Girl Lunch Meat because it sounds disgusting. And the photo of it. So I had photo collages for these um, uh, periods of campaigning and, and elections because I didn't have anything else to do this week. Um the photo of the lunch meat. Now, I, I've been a vegetarian for 150 years. The photo of the lunch meat looked horrific, but I don't know that lunch meat has ever looked good. Does lunch meat look good? I don't know if it ever looks good. It tastes delicious sometimes. So maybe it was delicious. I doubt it. Um, and other votes on the panel, Blackwater, Ramona's True Faith Jewelry, Kristen, Kristen Takeman's Pop of Color, um, the non-existent toaster, and the fashion show with no fashion. Um I feel like there were some other nominees that I didn't include because at a certain point there has to be a limit, but Beverly Beach is right up mm. there with seemingly not terrific designs because they're all a thong and she's being sued by her business partner. So like shockingly, maybe all is not right in Dorit and PK land. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that people have. I mean, maybe Barbara Kay's hammer yeah, or whatever, I'm not here but for it. we're not here for it. Um, something Jacqueline has done I can't think of anything she does have like autism popcorn which I think is really great I like genuinely I'm not being an asshole like it's great that she's producing something that like helps kids Lorita yeah she has some kind of like popcorn or something because like if you have autoimmune diseases or or illnesses or anything else which I totally know from an autoimmune perspective totally understand that it's there are certain things you can eat certain things you can I think it's great I think if I remember correctly it's something that like her son who lives with autism um loves Mm. and I think maybe a portion of the proceeds go to charity um but yeah I think this is I am um I'm okay with Blackwater winning because it looked disgusting and who wants to drink black water um it's a little bit of a throwback but I'm, I'm into it I I would say that the cream cheese stuff salmon is disgusting Lynn Curtin is an awful person Alexis Couture is also an awful person and the lunch meat and baby lotion for fat children looked horrific but um kudos to you manzos can't wait to see you at our wedding um next category the one we were talking about earlier the one we were talking about earlier biggest housewives scammers and the nominees are dorit and pk kemsley mikhail and Tarek salahi Lynn and Frank Curtin. Dana Pam, honorary. <laughs> Chateau Charay. Vicky and Brooks, and also Kill All Cancer, Vicky's <gasps> scam oh my God. cancer charity that helped her business. Alexis and Jim Bellino. Honorary p- slash pending, Karen Huger and the Black Bill Gates. And Russell and Taylor Armstrong. Rest mm. in peace. Um, and the panel said they liked... Danielle Staub is a write-in, which I totally agree with. PK and Dorit. Teresa, fascinating. PK and Dorit again. PK and Dorit again. Phaedra Parks. And my choice, Mikhail and Tarek Salahi. And the winner was, drumroll please. Oh, that's better. Um, Vicky and Brooks kill all cancer. Vicky's cancer. Charity. Yeah, I mean, so those it was a tight category. It's a really hard, but I think it's hard to dispute that that was not a, a huge, huge scam. Not only because it's an interesting win because Brooks is obviously a scammer. Vicky individually was a scammer with the charity, and 
for all intents and purposes, was probably also a scammer in scamming us about Brooks's fake cancer. Oh, well, so, 100%. Uh, 100%. <laughs> It works on several levels. I included Dana Pam here because I think she went to jail for insurance fraud. So I thought, and also she did not spend um, $25,000 on a uh, sunglasses, pair of sunglasses, um, when she couldn't um, furnish her house for game night. So there we go. I mean, a lot of people voted for Dorit and PK, but I also feel like... I think that that's misguided. I think that they are scammers and that he financially is up shit creek without a paddle because he sold that paddle to the casino that's now suing him for money that he owes. But I think that they're new and because they're new and because Dorit has a fake accent and is ex- the probably the bougiest of all of the Real Housewives, save Erica Jane slash Girardi in clothing and stuff that she has like a little bit of a target, which I think is real. I think it's a real target, but I don't think she's a bigger scammer than Mikhail and Tarek who lied their way into a White House event where they posed with the vice, then vice president of the United States (laughs) and then lied about her having MS to try to get out of it. And also used a house that wasn't theirs and also didn't pay for stuff on camera and also said they were looking for a house that was in the range of $500,000 to like nine digits or something like in the bajillions. They're insane. But anyway, I'm totally okay with that category with the with the winners. Are you totally totally okay with the winners? Totally okay. Okay. Next category. Now, this was complicated and might be contested. Mm. Best. Real Housewives, Bop. Ooh, I like that little pop when I said Bop. Um, okay, so the first um, nominee is essentially all things Luann. Money Can't Buy You Class, Chic Say La Vie. I would include Girl Code in there. Thank you. <laughs> what else has she done? It's that's just, it. That's, <laughs> that's, her, that's her entire catalog. The Love complete, that she- The complete... <laughs> The complete discography. <laughs> Love it. She has a 90 minute cabaret show. Um, but <laughs> blessings to the Countess. Okay. So that's the first nominee. Damien, who's the second? Don't be tardy for the party. Kim Zolciak Bierman. Written and produced by <laughs> Candy Burress Tucker. Give her the credit because she didn't get the cash. Um, next nominee, my best friend. So thrilled to give her a nomination for anything other than number one devil. Close to you by none other than Danielle stop next nominee i'm real simon van kempen and if you have not seen simon performing this song in extremely tight red bright patent leather red pants you are missing out in your life next nominee the time is now gretchen rossi's fake proposal allegedly real (laughs) song um next nominee i can't wait to grow up by honorary housewife melania (laughs) judice or judice or judice next nominee on display on display on display it's really good each and every day every day every day i mean it's really good to everybody but like Teresa and her her daughter she has a melissa gorga has a recording studio in her home apparently but she's not using it. She's not using it because I think they figured it out. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good song. I think it's a good song. A lot of people voted for it. I think it's a good song. Okay, next nominee. How many fucks slash expensive by Erica Jane, also it's known as Erica Girardi. I listened to it. I bought both of it. I Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. You I, bought, I not bought. stream. 
No, I purchased because I You were am, very into her her first season. I was extremely into her. I'm circling back to her because Same. her confessionals in the animal print where she's like sipping champagne and being like a dick while sipping, like she's doing dramatic pauses, might be my one of my top confessional looks of all time. Yeah, she's come through the darkness of her last two seasons. Yeah, I feel she's like she's accepted. Mm-hmm. And also she hates Lisa Vanderpump, so she's fine with this season because she like likes everybody else because they all have a common... yeah. You know, and I think similar to Bethany, she went a little too far into one thing and now she's kind of settling like some of their faces. It's like a lot at the beginning (laughs) and then it settles. And the final nominee, Gone with the Wind, fabulous by none other than Keyonce. And the winner of of Best Bob is... How many fucks expensive? Erica Jane slash Erica Girardi. Congrats to you. This was a tough choice. I have to tell you, a thousand bajillion of you voted for Melania. The panel was pretty clear and loving all things catalog Countess Luann. But Erica Jane came through. I mean, it's a difficult category because I think if you were looking, if you were taking this literally like the actual best song, I would say that Erica Jane wins hands down, but because of the like fun factor of it, you know, no um, disrespect to Tay-Tay and Stephanie, but because of the fun factor of it, I think Melania surged at a certain point. Um, And apologies to Lou. I mean, she still has, you know, a phenomenally successful cabaret show to fall back on. So kudos to her. Um, And Damien, who is your pick? My pick, sorry, I lost the spreadsheet. Uh, My pick was... (laughs) Oh, my my pick was Girl Code, Don't Be So Uncool. So, oh, which is a good song. And I liked that um, her estranged now back with daughter um, was oh my God, in Victoria. it. Victoria. I, really wonder, I wonder who was really singing Vicky's part on the actual track because it's for sure not her. I don't know. But God bless her for lip syncing in between painting class or whatever. So is our next category one season wonder? No, our next category is worst breakup. And the nominees are... Bethany and Jason. Nene and Greg, part one. Because we don't know if part two is being picked up for a season. So we'll just go with part one. Taylor and Russell, which wasn't exactly a lovely ride to paradise. Adrian and Paul. Tamara and Simon Barney. Shannon and David Bedore. Ramona and Mario Singer. Luann and Tom D'Agostino. <laughs> Not related to the grocery store, D'Agostinos. Uh, Danielle and Marty, rest in peace. Vicky and Brooks. Camille and Kelsey. And Yolanda and her refrigerator. Someone really <laughs> nominated that. That's amazing. I nominated Yolanda and her fridge because I miss it. And Kat they're... McPhee has that refrigerator now. No, nobody nobody related with the show. Well, Kat McPhee has David now so she can buy herself. There's a, a picture of Catherine McPhee with the refrigerator with that huge. But they sold the house. There's a new tenant. I'll send it to you. Maybe she just got the same type of refrigerator. Sarah can't. There's nothing that Yolanda Hadid, Foster Hadid again, can't have in her life. Yolanda will never come back, right? I would love for her to come back. Because her daughters are supermodels, right? So like, she doesn't need the money or exposure because she's like fine to just be like their mom. Yeah, I think she wants to create her own thing, and I think she probably has a little bit of a bitter taste in her mouth about the fact that the Munchausen thing happened. Like, I think she's probably not okay with that. But I also think she's in, like, recovery from Lyme, which you don't – it's like – I don't think you can actually – I can't – I forget from when I had fake Lyme. Remember when they told me I had fake Lyme for a month? Mm-hmm. Um, I – And you made margaritas. Did I? When life gives you Lyme disease, oh, make I margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I made 
a lime margarita. Um, I was just like, oh my God, did I make alcohol? Good for me. Did I make alcohol? I'm a big drinker. Um, uh, yeah, I just want, I want Yolanda to be happy. I would love for her to be happy and me to see it every week, Tuesday at nine. But um, I don't think that she's going to be back but she could i mean again in, in a post lvp world anything is possible one of my favorite jokes about yolanda that i made once <laughs> i'm gonna tell oh, you guys, no. was just like her tagline one season was like real friends like fake friends like some like real friends believe in you fake friends believe the rumors and i was like real friends believe you fake friends believe like that you have like like munchausen disease <laughs> oh, like no. she when i just laughed yeah oh, i love her she is a mess. Um, so the winner of Worst Breakup, which I am so excited to contest in about 15 seconds, is drumroll. Bethany and Jason. And guys, I hear you. I know it's a mess. I know that they're still in court and there was shit that came up that she threw cold water on him while he was sleeping and he sent her shirtless photos and would pretend the phone wasn't working and kept her from her child. And she called his family white trash and he said stuff to her and threatened her and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's all terrific in the sense of like, that sounds like a winning combination for worse breakup. But I also feel like Russell killed himself while Kennedy Armstrong was in the car and Taylor was checking on her estranged husband who she had split with because of verbal and physical abuse so that's pretty bad. But I know that Bethany and Jason are dealing with emotional terrorism right now. So it's a lot. It's quite dark and sad. It's quite dark and sad. And poor Bryn, because this is not yeah anything that a child should um, ever have to go through. And that's that. I mean, I'm curious about if Nene and Greg are going to have a part two added here. I don't know. There are rumors that I think they're going to be OK. Yeah, I, I do. hope he's doing okay. Like the the um, teaser for the reunion, he looked good because he had lost so much yeah, weight. Yeah, he had put on some weight. Yeah, like he, which is a good sign if you're going through whatever he's going through. I don't know if he ended up doing chemo or radiation or whatever, but um, and it was also a good sign that he then said like I'm interested in pursuing that. I think that's good. I, I we all wish Greg the best for sure. Um, okay, next category: best worst villain, and the nominees are. Starting with Danielle Stubb, Ramona Singer, Carlton Jebbia. I don't know how to say it. Wait, where are we? On <laughs> Do you want to look at my screen? Um, best first villain. Um, Leanne Locken, Peggy Sulehan, something, something. Joanna Krupa, shout out to the 10 of us who watched Real Housewives of Miami. Jim and Amber Marchese. Ugh. Brandy Glanville and your best friend, Kimberly Richards. And the winner is Danielle Staub. And guys, thank you for voting correctly on that. I also have to say that Ramona being nominated, like when I was finalizing the nominees, I took a second and I was like, am I really going to call Ramona Singer a villain? But based even just on what she said about Dennis deserving it or whatever because yeah. he was a moron for being an addict i mean that that puts her in the shitty person hall of fame i think she's terrible life. she's a terrible person i also feel like some of this is like i don't know you know leanne goes in and out of it 
Peggy's a horrible. Brandy definitely, I think, um, should be is I rightly nominated. You you can love a villain, but she is she plays that role. Okay, so congrats to Daniel Staub, who is going to try to cash a check from this based on the fact that she is number one. Um, next next sort of riding that train of being absolutely terrible and a category that was contested. I would say what not contested, but very very close. No thank you, worst fit for a franchise. And the nominees are... Kim Fields, Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> Peggy Sula... Sula Hayen, Real Housewives of Orange County. The, re- the whole entire cast of the Real Housewives <laughs> of D.C. Thank you so much. Christy and Larsa, the Real Housewives of Miami. The Marchese's Real Housewives of New Jersey. Lydia McLaughlin, The Real Housewives of mm. Orange County. And the winner is... Kim Fields. Wow. Oh, um, what a throwback. What Hi, a Kim. throwback. Makeupless brunch. Um, Beatless brunch. <laughs> I was into it. Um, she was... It's, it was super, super close because a lot of people voted for Kim. A lot of people voted for Peggy. But the thing is, Peggy was a terrible fit, annoying, upsetting, horrible, awful, mommy-shaming. Also, like, wasn't good at talking on camera. Like, she wasn't good at bringing anything. Had one of the worst senses of humor of anyone that's Mm -hmm. ever been on the show. Her fake jokes were, like, nails on a chalkboard screeching to me. How some of you used to feel about my cackle. Um, Kim Fields, however... Like, didn't even deserve a participation trophy. I also think that Kim Field, like, the expectation, just whether or not you thought she should be on the show or not, but, like, she also is, like, a celebrity. So I think that the expectation is, that, like, she would be a person who would be, like, comfortable in some capacity being on camera, but, like, she didn't no. want to do anything. Right. She hated all of them. Right. Like, how Candy has fit in so well because she brought with her her own fame, so it made her feel comfortable and she didn't have to, like, suck up or anything. Like, she came in a baller and Kim Fields was like, I don't, I don't, I honestly do not know if she ever watched a, an episode of of um, Atlanta before joining. Maybe she said she did and she didn't. I don't care enough to Google her for that information, but... It, she, she was, was she, she was, showed up at the reunion a little bit I think she did have a solid reunion but at that point I was like good for you because you now watch the episodes because you were on them but like too little too late remember when she was like sad to miss her sons for like a week I hated her kids and, her and that made me feel bad because she would just like she treated them all like they were babies and then she would like cry when she was going away for a weekend and like I'm all about like I'm glad she's a mom and like loves her children it's <laughs> great glad she's a mom but like I remember she was like said to Phaedra like aren't you sad to be leaving your kids and Phaedra was like nope <laughs> <laughs> Phaedra was like I'm allowed to be an adult and have like a girls weekend and I was like it's true Kim also you signed up for this like why are you so confused about what your job is yeah this is she she was like crying um like at a club during the day do you remember this and Phaedra and um Phaedra and Portia were freaking frack at like the height of freaking frack and they were like they were twerking in like (laughs) see-through cover-ups like and their asses were all out and then Kim Fields was crying alone like in the club it was so cool oh love her to bits what's the name of her show was it life goes on no. Well, she was on Facts of Life. That's what it and is. And then she was also in Living Single. So, like, she had two big shows that oh, were, like, big well, hits. Oh, good for her. Maybe she'll find a third because this one definitely doesn't count. <laughs> Up next, hottest hubs. And hubba hubba to some of these nominees. Uh, the nominees are Mauricio Umansky, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. 
Aaron Fipers, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Jeremy Locke. My God. Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh, interesting. Uh, Joe Gorga, <laughs> Real Housewives of New Jersey. Eddie Judge, Real Housewives of Orange County. Mm-mm. Apollo Nita. <laughs> Apollo, Apollo Nita. Uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, Donnie Edwards, delightful, does not get enough recognition. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Do the last one. Do the last one. Travis. Um, really? Travis. Yeah. Uh, what is his last name? Holman. Holman. Real Housewives of Dallas. And because <laughs> this is my fucking show, Dr. Damon from Married to Medicine, because if you do not want to marry him and have him as your life partner, I don't even care about the sex, whatever. We can cuddle. He can hold my hand. He can tell me everything's OK. Then you do not have eyes and ears and a heart. He is maybe the best husband on <laughs> Bravo on any show. He Aside from actually, I like Travis um, after like the notes thing passed from season one. I really highly encourage that you watch Married to Medicine to see what the magic that Dr. Damon does for not only his wife, Heavenly the Dentist, but also the world. And that is just a sidebar. Um, winner of Hottest Hubs is, drumroll please, <laughs> Mauricio Umansky. Not a surprise. I think he was probably the first husband to be hot, right? He was the first husband where we were like, yeah, maybe. Take off your shirt, jump in the pool, let me ogle you for 44 minutes plus commercials. Quality. Quality guy, except when he was flipping out on Brandy. Remember at that like dinner oh, event? He was, kind was weird. Of, he was so weird and it was a dick and I think he heard the responses and like settled back. And also he's being sued right now by a couple people and I'm maybe the government. None of that's been on the show yet. I don't think it's going to ever be on the show. I think Dorit and PK have a much better... Also, Erica Girardi. Um, yeah, Tom's getting sued also. Sued and she was like, on Watch it's what a happens. lawsuit. I can't talk about it. She was also like, I have my own money. So that's his problem. She didn't say that's his problem. But she was like, I have my own money. But like, she doesn't. Does she? She lives in his house well, or the house that he purchased. Like what she money does she plane? have? I mean, I know she has like real housewives money and she has like mu- shoe dazzle like money. Her, her music money isn't real money. I mean, she, maybe she it's like might dazzle. be nicer than my life, but it's not like. Yeah, I don't know how much she's making from the tour. And she's also spending ten, many tens of thousands like, of dollars it, a month. Right. It, I thought it was just an interesting way to like dismiss. Because I was like, okay, like, but do you? Um, can I also just say, I don't know how people voted for Joe Gorga, by the way. I was like, oh, my God. Um, kudos to you. Aaron on Denise Richards, who is a nominee. Mm, he's very attractive. He is extremely attractive. I do not mind that he doesn't have a neck because <laughs> what like leftover neck he has is terrific his face is wonderful looking at those kids with like love or whatever and not being a parent like while I find it interesting that he's been married several times like you know it takes a certain kind of person to like marry Nicolette Sheridan um you know and Hamlin could talk about that too I just find I I find him extremely extremely attractive ditto Jeremy Locke from DC who in a second I mean from Dallas who in a second I would um just talk to and, and make friends with. That's mm. what I do. Um, okay. Up next, a very important category without nominees, the people's choice favorite real housewife. Now listeners sent me their individual favorite and we counted which had the highest votes, not only from the listeners, but also from our expert panel. And we had one winner. And Damien, I really feel like you should be Mm-mm. the person to announce <laughs> this People's Choice because... Damien has left the conversation. Damien is done now. 
Because it's just someone that you hold so Wait, dear. This was not the panel did not consult on this. This was the people's choice, right? The panel didn't have the. Oh, I'm sorry. This was the people's choice. Then I have the panel's choice. My bad. My bad. This was just the people's choice. I have a separate award for panel's choice. So this was solely the people's choice. And Damien, as I'm guys- listening to this podcast, if this is your favorite person, <laughs> because I agree with them in certain ways, and I oh I didn't vote for this person, but I would have been in my top five in the sense of understanding. And Damien, I think. We we should do a little drum roll and you should be the person as the OG of the AG, my guest, my boo, my darling, my dear, to tell us who the winner is. The winner of the People's Choice Favorite Real Housewife. Drum roll, please. Bethany. <laughs> Bethany Frankel. Skinny girl, divorcee, mother, because we see the child's hands and sometimes hear her voice. Um, businesswoman, occasional comedian, which we'll get to. So so much to say about America's skinny girl, America's purveyor of skinny girl products. Her jeans might look god awful, but her heart is good sometimes. Um, kudos to you, listeners. I am super into this. It was all over the place. People were saying, I think someone said Danielle. Actually, several people said Danielle. How many votes? S- several did people get, said. Are you allowed to reveal? I didn't count them. I literally just went with I because it's like the fun of an Insta story is that you can view all. So mm. I looked through it, looked at who are the top three and then counted the top three. I could not tell you because we had 25 categories. I don't even remember what my birthday is. Oh, wait, it was last Wednesday. Send me money. <laughs> um, kudos, listeners. I am super into this, even if that was not my personal vote. OK, next category. Another big one, much like the Oscars were building to the big categories, even though every category is a big category. But this one is legit best franchise. And the nominees are Real Housewives of New York. Next nominee. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Next nominee. Real Housewives of uh, Washington, D.C. Real Housewives of Miami. Real Housewives of Potomac. Real Housewives of Orange County. Real Housewives of New Jersey. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Dallas. Drum roll, please. The winner of best franchise is real housewives of new New York. york guys i know this season is slightly disconcerting or whatever it's a lighter season but it's still pretty fucking good i'm looking at the panel and everyone but damien voted real housewives of new york damien your vote please um houses of atlanta which i totally understand I mean, I think some of these I would put, you know what? Honestly, if I had a top two looking at all these, I would say New York. And then I might actually say Atlanta. Uh, I would say at- Atlanta and I might actually, you know, Dallas. aside from, yeah, aside from season one, that's exactly what I was going to say. I would say Dallas because the the seasons after season one were fantastic. And I really look forward to Leanne hopefully getting married this upcoming season. Oh, Guys, um, exciting news. Our final category for this week Great American history, top Andy's girls moments. And the nominees are when Sarah and Ryan find out Dennis has died in the middle of recording an episode. The ghost of Bobby Zarin haunting Sarah and Ryan and the electricity going out while they talk about Tyler Henry and Jill Zarin. Which P.S. as I was talking to this about someone yesterday, 
I found out after the fact when I went online, I think while the electricity was being, um, because it, it went for a while, the super was like, what the fuck did you do? It The day we recorded when this happened was the anniversary of Bobby's death. Oh my God. So it was really him. Bobby, thank you for um, guest co-hosting. And I'm not going to say anything terrible, even though this morning I watched the Jill Zarin episode of Tyler Henry Hollywood Medium. Okay. The next nominee is, I forget what we just said. Oh, whenever Damien and Sarah fight usually about bethany and kim <laughs> classic um next nominee lewis T- yeah wait yep. wait when you're on it i can't say. oh i'm sorry lewis <laughs> uh team bethany peitzman versus sarah team carol in this context galley love it brian moylan describes his all-star cast Hashtag new audio. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I don't know if this actually counts, but Sarah recaps Jill's luxury lunch because we got info and other stuff. That was so juicy. That was so juicy. And she, you know, actually said on camera that she wants to be back and told me to text Bravo. And that is a moment that you can actually watch uh, if you go to TV party. There are all of the archive videos. Yeah, baby. So I highly encourage you to watch it. Guys, the winner of great American history, the most important American history. If I remembered anything about American history, I would compare it to um, other moments in great American history. But because I was a theater major in college, I'm just going to pretend I know great American history top Andy's girls moment and the most the toppest of the tops don't tell Sonia top Andy's girls moment is when Sarah and Ryan find out Dennis has died while recording Andy's girls which was I cannot believe it one of the absolute craziest moments um, recording in the 700 episodes that um, we have done. It was just insane. And Ryan said, if this wins, he will record a housewife style, not apology, apology to Tyler Henry. So guys, I can't wait for that to happen the next time <laughs> he's on the show. And you guys, we got through the first half of the Andes, the Andes Girls episode 100 extravaganza. So next week, we are going to be back to do the second half and some of those categories, best child, worst tagline, vacation hall of fame, non-OG special uh, achievement and best friend of are extraordinary. So stay tuned for that next week. Guys, this is the AG100 episode and 100 episodes. I really can't believe it. I have to say, as I said before, I run with a fabulous circle of people. Thanks to all of you for you know, sending me love along the way. I'm sort of shocked that we've gotten to this point and I am so excited for the next hundred. Follow Damien on Twitter at Damien Bellino on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, which is where I do a lot of Real Housewifery during the week at Dame Galley on Twitter at Sarah Galley. Uh, Venmo me a dollar in the name of your favorite Real Housewife because it was my birthday this week and I put about 1,700 hours. <laughs> it took James Franco less time to saw off his arm in that movie than it did for me to prepare for this. Um, so I'm so excited for part two and also rate and review 
Angie Scrolls. Five stars. That's your only option. Five stars and a nice, just casual 10 to 15,000 word review. Thousands of you listen to Andy Scrolls this week. I love each and every one of you. And the best way to show your appreciation is to, you know, give me some money and tell me how great this show is. Um, guys, I love when you tag me in your videos and social while you're watching the episode. And I think a great way to celebrate AG100 is to tag us in your Insta stories as you listen to Andy's girls and some of you watch it you put it on your um screen on your like tv and put the thing and I think that's so exciting cute tag Damien at Damien Bellino and at Dame Galley in your insta and whatever else so that we can see it and p.s a couple of you have started an ag fan club on facebook it is an unofficial fan club not sanctioned by Andy's girls and I do not actually have a Facebook account I deactivated it but meet each other there are people that listen to AJ from all over the world if you go on Facebook I think they just created it's called Andy's girls the 100% club Mm -hmm. which when I saw that DM I think this morning I screamed and essentially broke windows in my apartment (laughs) from the screech and cackle that was heard. So be nice to each other. Be cool. Don't be all uncool. (laughs) Don't call for the murder of housewife children, which I've heard happens in other groups. Oh God. Yeah. Be nice to each other. If you know, like don't use the bad words that I use (laughs) on this show that's rated explicit and, um, you know, meet each other. But obviously before you do that, meet us online first. Damien Bellino, AG100, can you believe it? I can't really. Should we be emotional? I don't feel emotional even a little bit. I just feel excited and happy. No, I'm glad I got to pee in the middle of it. It felt like (laughs) a new memory. This has been um, a real release (laughs) of an episode for Damien in many ways. Guys, I love all of you. I love hearing from you. Give me money because I may or may not be going to Paris based on that. So that's a great strategy. I'm looking at Damien, the love of my life, and also Archie Bador, the beta fish. And I um, love our little AG family. And I love hearing from you. Thank you guys for supporting Andy's Girls. And here's to the next 100. Bye, you guys. Bye. Until next week. Bye. Bye.